0: Money FM 89.3, Best of Drive Time, the Weekly Wrap. On Money FM eighty nine point three. Money FM eighty nine point three. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Ellie Danka, Timothy Goh, and Chua Tian with you. Time now to take a look at the uh, top local headline of the week in our weekly wrap. Uh, Singapore's ninth president. The race is on. Another candidate announced himself
1: this week. Yep. Two presidential aspirants so far turned up at the Elections Department office on the first day that candidates wishing to contest the upcoming president election can pick up their application forms.
0: Yep. And we saw entrepreneur. George Goh, you would have heard about him in the news. He announced his bid earlier this week. He was at the Novena office at about 10 a.m. with his
1: wife and four children. And uh, our former secondary school teacher, Sing Soon-Kia, also arrived shortly after that.
0: All right, let's uh, get to know these uh, two presidential hopefuls, especially Mr. Goh. Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law, Singapore Management University, is on the line with us. Uh, Prof, good afternoon. How are you? I'm
2: good, Elliot. Hello, Tim. Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, let's delve into Mr. Goh. What is the buzz around him? And yeah, what what do we know about uh, Mr. Goh that, well, we haven't been told in the news so far?
2: Well, Tim, I I think the buzz is really around the possibility that, um, you know, Singaporeans may get to vote in the upcoming presidential election, which will likely be held sometime in September. Because we know earlier of, uh, you know, Senior Minister Tharman Shamugaratnam's intention to run. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you need two to tango, right? If you only have one eligible candidate, you know, then then it would be a walkover. So with Mr. Goh on the scene, with seemingly uh, impressive uh, credentials, I think some Singaporeans, uh, you know, believe that, you know, we might have, uh, you know, a contest uh, in the making. But I think we we need to watch ourselves. I don't think we should get ahead of ourselves because I don't think it's entirely clear, um, you know, that Mr. Go is eligible. But I think, you know, that doesn't change the fact, um, you know, that there is this buzz, um, you know, and that Mr. Go's uh, story of erects to Riches, You know, the different roles that he has played as a non-resident ambassador, you know, to founding a charity that serves in the Himalaya region, Mm -hmm. a successful business. I think those are some of the attributes that, you know, Singaporeans might be looking out for, uh, you know, for someone seeking to serve in the highest office of the land. Actually, we just won the polling day public holiday, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think that, that, that's that the buzz. Come, right? It comes as yeah, a package, know, view, right? know.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. But, Prof, you brought up this whole question about his eligibility to run for president. Any chance we could dive a little bit deeper into that? Because already this week, there are some news reports. I guess he's going to have to
2: expect more challenges as we move forward. Well, you know, I think it is quite clear and it's something which, uh, you know, his team released a media statement yesterday, you know, Mm -hmm. effectively confirming that they acknowledge, um, you know, that Mr. Go does not automatically qualify under the private sector service requirement Mm -hmm. to run for the presidency. Um, You know, so the private sector service requirement, you know, essentially is that uh, a person must have run a profitable company, a private sector organization, you know, that is, uh, worth uh, $500 million, you know, Singapore dollars in shareholder equity uh, and that, that he must have run it for three years. And during the, the three years that he ran it, you know, the business was uh, profitable after tax, uh, you, you know, and in, in addition, right, you know, the requirement of being a person of integrity, uh, good character and reputation. So based on the very bare information, you know, that Mr. Gold's team has has put out, I think that were the initial queries about whether he qualifies outright. And then yesterday, you know, his team confirmed that they will be seeking qualification under what is known as the deliberative track, right? So this is essentially making the case to the presidential elections committee, um, you know, that based on, you know, the companies that he has run and other relevant experience, um, you know, that he d- does have the experience and ability that is comparable to a person who would have qualified automatically mm-hmm. under the private sector service requirement.
1: Well, uh, Professor, you, you mentioned earlier that the buzz also happens to do with Singaporeans will be getting, possibly getting to vote for the president this time around. If there's nobody else who comes forward, and if Mr George Goh is not eligible to run for president, what happens next?
2: Well, it will still be nomination day, but because you need to go to the nomination centre... Mm-hmm. Right with your certificate of eligibility, right, which right. is issued by the Presidential Elections Committee, which is headed by the head of the Public uh, Service Commission. So, if if there's only one certificate of eligibility issued, then on nomination day, the person with the sole certificate of eligibility, you know, will be declared, um, you know, elected as president. Right. So that means that Singaporeans. Wouldn't get to see any campaign period, uh-huh. um, you know, and there wouldn't be polling day as well. So, so the election ends on nomination day itself.
1: I I guess my question is, what message does that send to Singaporeans and overseas as well about Ah, uh, the President's office and the credibility of the system and all of that?
2: Well, Tim, you know, these are the rules, right? The rules of having to pre-qualify to meet the eligibility requirements. You know, it is also the rule that, you know, if there is only one eligible candidate you know that candidate wins by virtue of a walkover right. um, you know that there is no requirement you know for the sole candidate you know to poll let's say a certain minimum percentage of the votes so I don't think, in the end, it would undermine, you know, the standing of the office, you know, mm-hmm. because I think we we are looking at, you know, an office in which the thinking, right, the, the institutional designers have decided that, um, you know, there would be a very limited pool of people, you know, but this pool is large enough, and that they these people who are who qualify, you know, would be able to get the job done, right, you know, which is to protect, uh, you know, Singapore's vast uh, national reserves, you know, as well as to protect. The integrity of the public service, you know, by having the president signing off on key public sector appointments, you know, like the chief justice, the chief of defense force. Well, an election would be nice, right? But it doesn't change the fact, you know, that the sole candidate, you know, was duly elected. Uh, you know, he meets the prerequisite qualification requirements. Yes, it would be nice, you know, to to have an election, you know, but I don't think that removes the authority uh, mm. nor the legitimacy of the office. Yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, I'm a little inspired by Tim's question there. If I were to flip it and say we do get a contest, uh, as a lot of Singaporeans are hoping for, Professor, what are the odds that this contest becomes or, or, or plays out as a bit of a versus PAP type of campaign? Since Mr. Tharman obviously has
2: ties with the PAP, mm, I, I hope not. Um, you know, simply because you know the elected presidency is a non-partisan office, right? So all candidates, you know, must not have any political affiliations, right? So M- Mr. Tharman, sometime next month, you know, will resign from all his positions. Uh, in the government, you know, as well as from the People's Action Party. Mm -hmm. And we often forget, you know, that the person elected, you know, will also have to take, uh, you know, an oath of office to bear allegiance to the Constitution, to serve without fear or favor. And and I think, you know, looking at the presidential election, you know, the, the president is not an alternative center of power. You know, so, so it's not about candidates competing on a basis of policies, right? You know, what is it that you would do if they, they, they were elected? Um, I often like to liken it in a way as a battle of, of resumes, a battle of CVs. Mm. You know, the question of looking at one's track record, one's achievements, you know, and to see, you know, how does that hold out, you know, for this person, you know, becoming president. You know, looking at, you know, the independence of mind, the independence standing, you know, that would enable... Um, you know, the president, you know, given the fact that he or she is elected, you know, to have the moral authority to, to stand up against the government of the day, uh, you know, on, on matters in which, you know, he or she exercises custodial powers. Um, so it mustn't be seen as, you know, a political contest. Okay. And I know it can be confusing, right? Because yeah. here we're electing somebody, you know, and what basis are we going to elect them on, right? It's really looking at a person's ability to get the job done.
1: All right, uh, Professor, let's bring in Bertha Hansen, veteran Mm. journalist and former associate editor of The Straits Times, confirming her involvement in the campaign of Mr. George Goh. What message does this send? What can we expect from
2: her? Well, I think, you know, she's going to have the task of ensuring that Mr. Goh's campaign, if it does take off, or even now, you know, in the lead up, you know, to his submitting his uh, application for a certificate of eligibility you know, to ensure that there is that media savviness, if I can put it that way, uh, meaning, you know, that there is a certain narrative that Mr Goh's uh, campaign would like to put forth and that is duly put forth and that it does resonate, um, you know, with the people. So it, it is also about trying to deal with queries, you know, in a way that deals with the concerns, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, continues to put uh, Mr Go in good light, you know. So I would say that, um, you know, if you look at the... Collection of nomination papers a couple of days ago, and the doorstop interview and the show of supporters and all present at, at the elections department office. I, I think it, it does reflect, you know, the recognition, um, mm. you know, that it is important, you know, to get the vibes right, you, yeah. you know, and so that the campaign gets off to a good start. You know, so so I would say that so far, you know, having a, a savvy media team, uh, you know, will enable Mr. Go to properly put forth um, his message. You know, but but I think it's still hinges on whether you know he will ultimately be eligible to contest or not mm. and, and no amount of media campaigning is going to change you know if someone is not eligible or someone is eligible mm, that's a fair point
0: very quickly uh professor can we talk a little bit about mr singh sun kia uh, he was also at the elections department as so a former secondary school teacher uh, what do we know about him so far
2: little, right? Very little other than, you know, he's got a couple of issues that he wants to bring up, you know, ranging from, you know, very municipal issues. um, You know, and and I think in every election, you know, we might see hopefuls, you know, who tend to be a lot more hopeful than they ought to be. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think looking Mm -hmm. at whatever that we know of Mr. Singh, I I don't think he qualifies at all. So I think in every presidential election, you know, there will be Several individuals who may misunderstand what the presidency does and the eligibility requirements, um, you know. But, but I think that for now, the spotlight is pretty much on, on Mr. Tharman Shamugaratnam, um, as well as Mr. George Goh. And hopefully, you know, there'll be one or two more people throwing their head into the ring, you know. And, and these are people with a strong claim, you know, to eligibility to contest. All right.
0: Uh, We've been speaking with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law, Singapore Management University. Uh, Professor, thank you for your time today. Uh, Take care and have a great weekend ahead. Thank you very much for having me. To listen to more great
1: interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or
2: download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.